Guys, we're back. Oh, don't know if you can see down my top, I just realized. Oh, and then I just kicked the table. So this is a really good start. Hello everyone. Let me just take a seat. We've got the vibes going. And by vibes, I mean I lit a candle. Can you see that? Wow. Well, no, you can't see that if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I'm gonna be honest, I actually tried to film one of these just now and I felt really freaking weird about it. I think because I, yeah, sorry. I think because I am new to this game. In case you didn't know and haven't listened to all of my other podcasts where I mentioned how new I am. But I think because I'm new to this old gameio of the podcast and the all the other ones I've planned, essentially. And this one I decided, well actually I didn't decide, that makes it sound very responsible. I haven't planned because I didn't really know what to do it on. But the direction that I want to take this channel in is more of a comedy situation. Like I don't want to be a comedian, that's not what I'm trying to be. Although I could be a comedian, no I'm kidding. Uh, I'm not trying to be a comedian. I just want this to be more of a jokey. I think jokey is what I'm trying to go for. More of a jokey, like lifetime funny story thing than like fitness. And I realized that if I was an, if I was just gonna, so it's kind of like a different audience, I think. But there are a lot of like great people who follow me now who are like li- listening to what I'm doing and they're enjoying it. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are like, what the fuck, we followed you because we wanted to know how to get abs and you're not doing that anymore, so go away. Totally fair. Uh, But yes, I'm trying to make that transition. And I guess I'm freestyling right now, which made me nervous when I first did it. And I'm a little bit, it's not like I'm nervous right now because I need to realize like I'm only talking to myself. And yeah that's about it but thanks for joining me on another podcast uh i appreciate it it's so hot in london which is a great thing because it's never hot in london but i am sitting in my room and i've had to close my windows because you know sounds and ambulances i live like on a main road so i had to close my windows and now i'm just kind of sitting here with a lit candle like sweating got it probably got a sweaty upper lip alert if you don't know what that is, then I recommend you go and watch the movie Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging, which I think that's where it's from. And they, the girl in it, who's so relatable and so tragic, but so brilliant at the same time, she, I think she's sweaty. I don't even know why I'm trying to remember which part it is because I have terrible memory, terrible memory. I have really good memory with very selective things like, oh yeah, what color was that door? but not, oh, who lived in the house? Do you know what I mean? Like really bad memory with that kind of stuff. But this girl in the movie, she gets sweaty upper lip, I think, and they call it a Sula, which I think I'm getting, which I always get when I'm running. So when I'm running, I'm just constantly just like with my finger, like my forefoot, like wiping it under my nose. It looks really weird and kind of like I'm doing some weird secret spy move, but I'm not. Speaking of weird secret spy move, I don't know if I told you guys ever what I used to do as my job. So right now I'm working for my brother. Uh, He started a company called Walk In, uh, but we actually have to change the name recently to Walk Up because of some legal issue where a company was like, oh no, that name is too close to our name of something. So we have to change it to Walk Up. But I basically work for him now. 
and we manage the queues for like the busiest restaurants in London and even like retailers which is really cool I do sales so I'm kind of like hey guys like tell me about your situation how you run your restaurant and then I try and work out if we would actually be a good match for them and then if we are why and it's a really cool job and I really enjoy it uh we also built an app I've realized now I'm just going into a pitch of trying to get you to download walk in or walk up but it's cool like we built an app which basically lets you join the queue to the busiest restaurants in London from your phone so whether you're like two to five kilometers away depending on how loyal you are as a diner you can join the queue to a restaurant if they started operating a queue uh, and then go in and get a table you get notified when your table is ready essentially Uh, But it's really, really cool. I'm releasing a new feature, which I'm very excited about. It's like a tech, small startup of seven of us. And a lot of people asked, you know, isn't it weird, like working for your brother? And I thought it was going to be weird. So in the first three months, oh no, God, wait, was it three months? Yeah, it was, damn. So for the first three months, they had a lot of faith in the relationship. In the first three months, they hired me as a contractor So they basically didn't technically hire me. They kind of hired me, but they paid me contractually. I don't actually know what that means, what I just said. But they basically didn't hire me as a full-time employee. So I was hired for three months, and then we were kind of going to see how the relationship would work. Because at the time, there was only... I think I was the fourth person. No, I would be the fifth person in the team. And my brother was my direct boss. So, like, I was the first like higher sales higher except my brother my brother's ceo but he also was like head of sales head of sales lol such like small teams like head of sales but anyway he was head of sales so they hired me and i had to do all this crazy shit in the beginning like learning a sales script oh my god because i always thought sales would be cool just because i've always been someone who has been relatively good at like convincing people to do stuff I know that sounds like really manipulative and awful and to be to to be honest at times it was like I I have memories of me being about eight and convincing my friends to drink mud like I'd be like drink it'd be so funny and I obviously don't remember what I said but I remember my friends doing things like drinking mud and like painting their hands in nail varnish and me not doing it and like us like, but I, I didn't force people. Let me just get this on camera and on recorded. I didn't force people to do this shit. I just was good at convincing people. And so <laughs> out of that evilness, um, no, there are other good things. I use my pals for good too. Don't worry guys. Like, you know, I know I've gone on about this because I think probably it's the coolest story that I have about how I got into university. For those of you who don't know it, um, I always wanted to go to Edinburgh and I didn't get in. Like I say it like, how could they not let me in? Basically, I applied to go to Edinburgh and like four other universities and Edinburgh was like the only one I wanted to go to. And they, my predicted grades were three A's. And they wrote me back and they were like, well, they didn't write me back. They just declined my, they didn't even get an offer. Like they just declined me. I was applying for history. And I remember another girl in my year with the same grades had, she got an offer. And so I wrote to the head of something like, guys, what's up? Why haven't you accepted me, bro? And they wrote back and they said, your your predicted grades aren't high enough. If you're in America, basically how it works in the UK is that before you actually take your exams, because you've done half of them already the year before, you kind of get a prediction for what you're going to get. And then you get your office to university based on whether you 
based on those predictions and then you get in depending on whether you got those so it's a bit of a mindfuck so the university were like your grades aren't high enough your predicted grades and I was like that is so not true why are you lying because another girl Helen she she has got an offer she got you know yeah an offer why haven't I got one so I was really devastated but I kind of just came to accept that I was going to go to Bristol because yeah, that was the second place I was going to go to and I got an offer from them and I was like, fine, I'll go there. And then my friend, actually, he he was going to go up to Edinburgh the day before he got his grades because he just wanted to make sure that in case he didn't get in, he could like go and talk to them, which was really smart. Uh, and he had, he had gotten an offer and everything and I don't even think the grades, that he had to get like a relatively low offer. Edinburgh is known for accepting people on relatively low, they say like, oh, you can get BBC and still get in, which is like, you know, not a starry starry star, basically. So he was like, listen, we weren't even that close at the time. If you listen to my previous podcast, it sounds like I only have one friend. He was the friend who I did the marathon with, Raf. So Raf was like, listen, we didn't know each other really that well. Like we'd been to a few parties together, but like not nothing major. And he was like, I'm going to go to Edinburgh. Why don't you come with me the night before? So I was like, yeah, sounds like a great idea. So we both took this train. We were maybe 17. We took a train to Edinburgh. It was like four four hours, 20 minutes. <laughs> 420, kidding. Um, took this train up to Edinburgh and stayed in this weird little hostel night before. I remember eating like Mars ice cream and like um, we were like smoking and hit the room. I don't know. It was like fun. It was kind of, we had like a fun time. It was kind of like a party, but also a bit awkward because it's at the age where you're like 17, you don't really know this person and it's like a boy and there's always kind of a little bit sexual chemistry when you're like that age because you're kind of like I don't really know myself like are we friends or like are we gonna like get with each other like no I'm kidding we were friends and I didn't want to get with him sorry Raph for listening I probably really broke your heart just then but so then we went to sleep and then I remember waking up at like 6 a.m if, if not like 5 30 and he was in the other bed and he was like are you awake and I was like what'd you get and he was like I got my grades or something or he hadn't got them yet he hadn't got them yet so he was like what did you get and I would go I had got better than I was predicted so I got a star double a I got the a star in art (laughs) great little artiste over here I got the a star in art and I was like, okay, I've got my grades. I'm going to go now. And I had no clue what I was going to do. Like this university didn't know who I was. And so I like get on a blazer and try and look relatively smart. I go to Starbucks, bought myself a chocolate croissant and a coffee. I remember that. I think it was a mocha because I was 17 and obviously didn't really like coffee. So then it's like 8 a.m. or 7.30 and I'm standing outside this random history building. By the way, I've never been to... Wait, had I been to... Yeah, I had been to Edinburgh before, but I'd never been to like the history building school bit. So I'm standing outside like looking around, no one is there, it's not even open yet, great, Uh, so I'm literally kind of like sitting on this thing for about an hour, and then the janitor comes in, unlocks the building, I go literally right behind the janitor, I'm like, hey, right behind the janitor, I go in, he's like, hi, you know, I'm trying to do a Scottish accent, Scotland, wait, let me just try and, hi lassie, no, that's actually not too bad, but anyway, so we go in, and I was like, hey, do you know what the head of history admissions is? And he was like, oh, yeah, she's not here yet. So get the fuck out. No, he was just like, she's not here yet. So I was like, okay, I'm just, can I sit inside, you know, and not like freeze while I wait? And he was like, yeah, sure. So I'm sitting inside 
the receptionist comes in, they come and sit at the desk and uh, I go up to the receptionist, the receptionist says, I'll tell you when the history person gets here. So I don't know, about 30 minutes later, you know, I'm getting kind of hungry now, you know, because I'm nervous as well, very nervous. And uh, finally, the history person person comes in and the receptionist like points at me like I'm a secret spy and he's like, that's her, that's her. So I'm like, amazing. Didn't think maybe I'll leave it five minutes for her to get upstairs and take her shit down. Well, that sounds really messed up. Take her shit off, I should have said. You know, like take a coat off, maybe make a coffee. This poor woman, I follow into the elevator with her. I'm just standing in the elevator and I'm like, well, I can't stop here. This is weird. So I'm just standing there, she's kind of looking at me thinking, you definitely don't work here, but it's fine. We get up to her floor. She walks straight ahead. I, I hang back right? Cool move. I hang back so as to not feel like she's about to get robbed. Give it five minutes, you know, let her do the coat thing, all of that. She gets ready. Then I come knock at her door like we've never seen each other before, obviously. Knock at the door and she's like, hello, yes, do I know you? And I'm like, hey, you don't know me. (laughs) My name's Molly and um, I just really want to come to the this uni. I just really want to come here. So I got, you know, better grades than I thought I would. So, yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, uh, right. So this is, sorry, I, I, I acted like, you know, this is not normal. I mean, there was no other 17-year-olds there. It was me, pro- pretty much just me and her. And she was sorting out admissions day. So it was like a big day at the uni where you sort out everyone who got their grades and people who didn't. And... She, her name was Linda. I love you, Linda. And uh, she was like, okay, well, let me find you on the system. So she looks me up, she's like, I can't find you. I'm like, no, that's because you, I didn't get an offer. That, yeah, wait, I'm not even on the, prote- you just said no, like from the get-go. She was like, oh, you're not even, you didn't even get, no, I didn't, didn't get an offer. Just want to hammer that one home. And so she's like, right, okay. Uh, what, so what do you want to study? I was like, history. And I told her what, I, what my grades were. And, she, and I was like, to be honest, I'll do anything. I'll do archaeology. I'll do history of art. I'll do history of a specific country of art. If that's a thing, I don't mind. And so she was like, okay, right. And then I think she like found me or something in people who had like originally applied. I'm not really sure. And she was like, so you've come all this way, like from London. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's uh, that's really cool that you came all this way. And I was like, yeah, I just really, really want to come here. I was going to go to Bristol, but like I've always been set on coming to Edinburgh. And she was like, okay, well, you know, I can't guarantee anything. I won't be able to give you an answer now, but I'll try and look into it. And if there's something I can do, you know, maybe. And I was like, okay, great. So I left. And, you know, I didn't leave feeling great. It wasn't a yeah, it wasn't a no, but it was one of those things where you feel like it's a no, like where someone, they don't want to say no to your face. So she was kind of just like, well, we'll see. And I was like, will we? And so then I went and me and I went and saw my friend Raph. He had a beer because he had like got his grades and was going to Edinburgh. And I was like, I'm so happy for you. But like, I'm crying inside. <laughs> and then, guys, and then about three days later, I'm sitting at my friend's house and I got an email got an email from uh, from the University of Edinburgh saying, Molly Toshiva, congratulations, we've accepted you. Voila! Isn't that cool? Also, I'm sorry if you've already watched my video on my YouTube channel about this story, and if you're watching this video from YouTube, because I have already spoken about this, 
but um, you know, two is better than one, as they say. So I just thought I'd tell it again. But yeah, so I got in and I messaged Linda or emailed Linda. I said, Linda, thank you so much. You know, you really are an amazing woman. Shout out to you, Linda. And she was so sweet. She wrote me back saying, you know, after your long journey, I thought it was the least I could do and all that kind of stuff. And to be fair, I had got better grades than I thought. And they do have something in the UK, which is like, if you did get better grades than you thought, you can go through something like I think called clearing or something. I'm not even really sure. To be fair, my school didn't even tell me that, which I kind of wish they had, obviously, because then I would have realized, oh, I actually have the potential of getting it. But anyway, so I have no recollection of why I started telling that story. God damn, what were we talking about? Well, I don't remember. But that was my how I got into Edinburgh story. Um, damn, that's a real shame because I could pause it and go back. But you know what? I want to try and keep this free flowing. So yeah, free flowing. It's super hot today. Um, this morning, I, I to be honest, I haven't really exercised like last week. And I'd be feeling a bit weird last week. One sec, I'm just going to take a sip of some H2O. Got to refresh my vocals. Mm-mm. Oh, lovely. So yeah, last week I was feeling a little bit weird. I, I, as you guys know, if you listen to my last pod, I've been trying not to eat till three. And it was weird. Like the week before last, it was so easy for me. Like I really didn't find it difficult. Maybe at around one one o'clock I was kind of like, mm, I'd quite like to eat something now. But then last week, my, I don't know, I explained this a bit before, but sometimes I just get in my own head and I'm like, I want to eat everything or I, I'm frustrated or annoyed or whatever. And if I'm tired, a little bit tired, and I wasn't feeling 100% physically last week, when I get like that, then I, my like mechanism to like fall back on is food. So if I'm tired, I'm like, oh my God, I need to eat everything and so last week I think I just wasn't being that healthy there are a few days I didn't eat didn't wait to eat till three which I don't I'm, I don't care about that's um not something that I'm like oh I wish I could have done that it's just something I'm aware of um and I don't know whether it's to do with me I'm on like certain types of medication uh like I take this antibiotic for my skin which I already mentioned in a pod and I um by the way, I think I'm going to stop doing that. I've noticed I've done that a lot. Like every time I mention something from another pod I've said, which I've mentioned in a pod, which is probably pretty annoying. So I'm just going to stop doing that. I think I'm just trying to convey the message that I'm very aware. I'm an aware human being. Um, yeah, and on, like I, I, st- I started taking my pill. I'm on the contraceptive pill. I started taking it again. I took a break from it during Corona because, you know, I wasn't having sex. No, I'm kidding. Um, am I? No, I am kidding. I just kind of wanted to stop taking it because I thought it's probably a good thing to have a break. Although, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but, you know, there are so many old wives tales out there saying the pill, the contraceptive pill makes you stop being able to have children as you get older. And I get so afraid of that because I've been on the pill since I was like 16. And I do want to have some babies. Let's just wait for the ambulance. Hope you go save that person's life. I said it in a sarcastic tone, but I'm genuinely being deadly serious. Oh, deadly. Um, But yes, yeah, so start, started taking the pill when I was 16. And then I've had random people like 
most of the time it's been people like facial i know that sounds weird but often when i get like facials or like hairdressers it just i think those kinds of conversations come up especially with women when you talk about like relationships or like sex and that kind of stuff and um i've been told often that like they have had friends i actually have heard it once from a lady who was giving me a wax and um twice from when i was getting a facial sounds like i have such a nice wives of orange county life like this one time when i was getting a wax, but this is over the course of my whole life so it's fair enough um they told me they had friends who are like infertile now because of it so i had made doctor's appointments before and i've gone to the doctor and i've been like i just want to check that i'm not like ruining my glands or fallopian tubes or whatever it is and i can still produce eggs and they told me that um it's fine and it's just a myth so i'm hoping that that's the case um but yeah going back to because i was talking about do you see what did i mention i have bad memory i think i did i don't remember this is what i mean my memory is absolutely terrible i can't even remember if i told you guys like i have a recollection of telling you something about a yellow door like i can remember yellow door but not the person living inside the house yeah so if i just retrace my memory to what we were talking about about um Oh yeah, the contraceptive, like medication I've been on and because I've started taking stuff at like different times recently, maybe that's what's screwed me up a little bit because I take this one medication, DIM, um, which I actually don't really know if it even helps. I think it does. It's to balance out my estrogen and I take that out because I think that why I got bad skin is because I'm a hormonal human being and... So I take that with food and because now I've pushed my eating time till three, I'm taking that later. So I don't really know. I'm just trying to get everything settled back into the balance. I think as well, I went through a really good period during Corona because I've been reading awesome books. Uh, for example, I sound like such a bookworm when I, when I say this. So be prepared, guys. Be prepared. Being nerdy is cool. I just want to repeat that. Books are cool. So I read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I loved. I think that book has changed my life in a lot of amazing ways. And I am going to release a podcast about it. I swear I have it recorded. The audio on it isn't good. I'm just going to be straight up because I did it with my brother and we only had one mic. Um, Now I have two, so I can record a better version of it. But we'll see. Basically, that book, I think the biggest thing, this is going off on another tangent, but who freaking cares? Um, I will talk about other books that I think have really made me feel more like mindful and happier myself and, and perhaps how it's difficult sometimes, how I found in the last week that it's difficult to do, to be mindful. And sometimes you kind of like get into a rut of, of, uh, of just life, you know? And I think when you read wellness or like mindful books or books about self-improvement, it's a great opportunity to take a step back and like reflect on your life. And then sometimes you just forget to do that and you just get into the rat race of life. And I think that's kind of what happened to me last week. But anyway, we're going back. We're we're pedaling back to the seven habits of highly effective people. I want to touch briefly on that, not go, you know, diving into it because I do have a pod deeply on that. But I want to talk about my biggest takeaway from that book. So one of the biggest takeaways I got was the book basically told you to write out what your deepest values and your principles were. And from someone who doesn't come from religion, especially, I think that that, or religious background, I think that that helped me a lot 
with guidance because I don't know about you guys, but often I'll make decisions or I'll do things or say things or treat people in a certain way or treat myself in a certain way. And then later on, I'll think, oh, I'll cringe or I'll just be like, why did I do that? Or maybe not even not even cringe, but just be like, why did I do that? Or think, mm, I probably could have dealt with that better. Mm, I don't like the way that I dealt with that. What, 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 like, what was the motivation behind me behaving like that? And I didn't didn't know why I'd be like, oh, what do I value? I actually don't know. Like I've never sat down and be like, this is what I value. And so I think a lot of the time I would make decisions based on selfish reasons because that was like the only thing I was kind of aware of. I was like, well, I exist, my own self exists. So surely I'm just trying to self-motivate my own, uh, you know, goals and ambitions. And yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't, I'm not saying I'm self-centered all the time and I definitely wasn't. It was just, I didn't know I hadn't thought about other motivations that much and, and other people and God, it sounds like really so I never thought about anyone else in my whole life. That's, that, that's not what I'm trying to say. But yeah, I just felt a bit lost in why I was making decisions. And so Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you know, recommends Stephen Covey, I think his name is, recommends to write down your deepest values and your principles. So the idea is that once you've written those things down, whenever you make a decision in life, it won't be, it will be simple because you can look at your values and your principles and you can think, okay, if I make X decision, is that in line with my values? If it is in line with my values, then I'm going to make that decision and I'm going to move on and I won't think twice about it. And I, because I can be at peace with the fact that I made the right decision. You're right. <laughs> that to go say, you get me. And then I went, right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> So I wrote down my deepest values and my principles and I thought I might read some out to you guys because why not? Why not? And also, you know, maybe it'll inspire some of you guys to do that because it just, it really helped me and I have really felt that, and I'm not saying, you know, I may understand the meaning of life now or anything like that, but in the last couple of months, it has given me more guidance and it has meant that during Corona um, or just during this whole thing has happened uh, and not because of Corona, but just coincidentally because this is, that's the time that I started reading these books. Um, it has made me feel much um, I would say happier, and by happier I don't mean like, oh my god, I'm so happy. I mean more fulfilled uh, and more at peace with decisions I've made, despite last week being a bit weird, but whatever. So the ones I wrote down, by the way, this is the first draft that I wrote down. This isn't the end all and be all, and I did want to go over these and rewrite them and rethink about them, but I haven't yet. So this is kind of the rough ones. So the first one I put, uh, know that my family, know I love them right? Cute. Second one, to tell people around me who I admire and respect and love about their special qualities, aka to compliment and praise where it is due. Uh, And mainly because I remember when I was with my ex and I think that he, he was like, oh, you don't tell me these things or something. I can't really remember that well, to be honest, but something along the lines of I don't communicate things I like about him. And that hit home with me. And so now you know, I always try and make an effort when I find someone funny, when I think someone's really nice, when I think someone's listening to me well, you know, when I respect someone, I always try and communicate, even if it's things like I think they have a nice voice, I think they look really nice that day, you know, I always try and communicate that, because who doesn't love hearing shit like that, you know, (laughs) please tell me how much you like me, (laughs) anyway, uh, I'm kidding, next one is to celebrate the achievements of others, 
this one is one which I actively work on. Um, I don't know about you guys, but like, obviously I'm very, it comes from a very genuine place of love and happiness when people in my family do well, when people I love do well, those closest to me. But I sometimes find that I can have the mentality of there's not enough success in the world. Not so, like it's not something which is is with me all the time, but definitely something when I was doing progress, like the fitness side of progress, if someone I knew who I wasn't that close to got like some big sports deal or like an ambassadorship, I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't feel, I, maybe I would say congrats and be happy for them on the surface, but inside it wasn't coming from a place of like genuine happiness and all that was was me projecting my own frustration and insecurities on that person. And so that's something which I know I have to actively work on now so that I can reach that kind of more level of, it's okay, you know, this is not a stressful thing, like good for them, you should be happy for them. Also more success for other people means that more good things will come. So that's one that I'm working on. Mm -mm -mm. Think of how others might be affected before myself. Pretty straightforward. Uh, Believe and have peace with my decisions, which is, this actual list does help me, does help me do that. Make clear decisions. Because sometimes I do things or I say things that I'm not 100% certain on, but I'm like, uh, oh, I'll settle with that. Or sometimes I'll make a decision and go back on that decision. So I've just been really trying to be like, you know, if I make a decision, I've made that decision. I actually learned in Hebrew today what good I've, you know, I've made my decision means, which is um, tov. Uh, I'm learning how to speak Hebrew, so that is why I'm communicating in multiple languages. <laughs> um, but yeah, make clear, um, make clear decisions, yeah. I'm not saying that you make a decision, you can't go back on it. Sometimes that's just how life works and you have to do that. But I'm just trying to make more clear decisions and then be at peace with that and then not like be rethinking them and be like, did I make the right decision? But make the right decision based on my values and my principles and then move forward. Next one is um, seek to understand before being understood. That's like the golden rule of the seven habits of highly effective people. I think it's rule number five, but it's essentially that It's more important to understand the person who you're talking to than to be understood. It's important to be understood, but the thing that I took away from it is that you'll end up being more understood anyway if you can really understand, and also you'll be happier. Like, life really isn't about yourself. It's about the other people. To me, it's about the other people around you and understanding the world that they come from and why they make their decisions And I think that when you can adopt that perspective, you're way less judgmental on other people because how could you judge someone if you if you understand that everyone is different and everyone has made that decision based on things that have happened in their life. And a lot of times in life, you project how you feel about a situation or you project an experience that you've had or your outlook onto other people's experiences and the book kind of just says like that's a really self-centered thing to do because it's like imagine if you go to an opticians you know where you get your glasses and the opticians puts a pair of glasses on you before 
you know, measuring your eyes or whatever the word is. And you're like, I can't see. And they're like, well, you should be able to see because I could see perfectly well with those. It's kind of like a very similar thing. You know, how can you um, prescribe somebody uh, or give advice to someone um, if you if you don't fully understand and you don't see the world from their perspective? So I think that's a really important one. And with selling as well, like obviously, because that's what I do, it's very important rather than to just like shove a product down someone's throat, but like to actually understand what their problem is. And first of all, to see if you actually have a solution for them uh, and to how you can help them. So that's been a really, a really helpful one. And I think it's helped me have better friendships now. So I'm really loving that one. Uh, the next one is, um, this is interesting. The next one is, do not give the control or power to others to affect you emotionally take a second to let that sink in because I think some people have don't agree with this one and a lot of people think well how could you how could you not let anyone affect you emotionally that's crazy that's almost like what psychopaths have but I think a lot in uh he doesn't say that this is from zen buddhism but it's a lot of those same similar qualities where the ultimate level of like um enlightenment is when I think it's Dharma, how they say in Zen Buddhism, but is when you you are you don't feel like any suffering and because your internal core is so strong. So even if an external thing happens, it doesn't affect you internally because you're Oh, just like the cops. There we go. Yeah. Uh it doesn't affect you internally because you're you're you know yourself so well emotionally um and so even if external things happen they can't like rock that world and make you and make you emotional or you know if someone says like you're fat for example just a very basic example in theory that wouldn't affect you because you know who you are uh, and you know why you think the way that you do you don't know anything about this person or maybe you do know something about this person maybe it's your brother Um, But because they're their own person, you kind of have to understand that they've come to do that action because of everything that's happened in their life and of ways that they feel that you don't understand because you're not that person. Um, And then maybe you can even try to understand that person more so you can see where they've come from to that point of view. And I feel like a lot of the time if you like sometimes when you get and I get hateful comments, you know, from YouTube people or or these cyborgs or, you know, these uh, crazy people. I'm kidding. Um, But even I get hateful comments, you know. I'm gonna invite like a ton of people to write mean things now but those people fair enough like those people have come to that comment in this day at that time because of things that have happened to their life like maybe they just got called a sad fat shit and they are pissed off about it and they want to call someone else a sad fat shit and they've just come across my video and I I might look like the person who just called them that and they comment like fair you know and I'm not saying that no comment uh, doesn't affect me, but reading things like that, the Zen Buddhism kind of like perspective and also Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and a lot of these like self-help books, they talk about that. And I think there's a quote by Eleanor Roosevelt who says, um, let me get it actually, because I have it saved on my notes on my computer. Uh, but it's very inspire. It would be great if I could spell the word Eleanor Roosevelt. It'd be great if I could even spell Eleanor. 
Uh, here we go. Are you guys excited? I'm excited. Okay, so the quote is, no one can hurt you without your consent, which is very Zen Buddhism, you know, like the, and I think it's so interesting because I have heard it before, you know, where like a boy will send someone mean, a, a, like a girl, a boy will send like a girl mean text and like, I've talked about it with my mom and my mom has said before, you know, like you're letting, don't let, don't give them the power to hurt you because that's what you're doing right now. You know, you're kind of um, giving them that power and they, they can hurt you. Whereas like, can you try and, <laughs> can you please try and uh, not do that or remove yourself from that? And it's very much easier said than done. And I think that no one gets to that point without years and years, if not decades of practicing. And it's a question of, practicing that thinking when you're not in a state of being emotionally wrecked you know where you are in a calm state and you can think about these things and realize that your stability and sense of self has to come from within I feel like we should all now put our fingers together and pray <laughs> no but I without this getting too um deep and spiritual that's something which I I think is a very inspiring um uh, emotional like state which I'm not saying I'm necessarily going to be able to get to because I think like I said it takes decades of practicing that but I would um, I would like to because also even if someone like does something that makes you super super happy it's great to have like happy news and everything but I would just prefer to be an island and to not let my emotions be so rocked by other people but rather from like a sense of self it's a lot of work, but I'm gonna try and start now. Um, seek to, yeah, we did that one. To see my daily activities through the paradigm of life. So look at the balanced whole. So basically just putting things in perspective, not getting too hung up on the small stuff. Don't sweat the small stuff, but just realize that life is so, oh God, I don't know if it's because I'm 24. And I also I'm reading the book Shoe Dog right now by Phil Knight, which is so good. And something that he said in it, which really made me relate to him was he starts writing it from when he's 24 that, well, not writing the book, but he starts writing the book, you know, now from the perspective from when he was 24. And he talks about the existential crisis that 24 year olds or people in their 20s get. And if anyone is listening who is around that age or not, whatever age you are, I like definitely in the last couple of years have gone through or in the last year I would say most but like a lot recently like when I go to sleep at night I think like not like panic but I get sad about like oh god this is so depressing <laughs> but like get you know thinking about like how short life is and how precious it is and how we don't have much time on this earth and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to go into that because, you know, that's sad as fuck. But yeah, that's just something which I've been thinking more about life. And um, I think I am in the frame of mind because I think about that a lot where a lot of the time I am thinking like, is this actually that important? But then again, I think that's a training thing. And it can be really great because sometimes when you think about the kind of stuff you realize, oh yeah, life is so, um, life is a vast whole. So like, whether I sent this message and they thought I was weird, like that actually doesn't matter at all. And then sometimes when you do important things and then you're like, shit, that doesn't matter at all. Like, what is the meaning of life? So it kind of works in two ways, but it's nice, I think, when you can have the whole perspective of life rather than this myopic little version of yourself because then it makes everything seem so dramatic. And I think it's a more of a self-centered point of view. And I don't think we can be that happy if our 
perspective on life is just of thyself, Shakespeare. Uh, okay, so the next one is to defend the ones I love. I've always been very protective over my friends and my family to the point where it's even maybe not that <laughs> good. Like, guys, I remember when my brother's uh, ex-girlfriend broke up with him and we all thought she was cheating on him. I am so protective of people I love and my friends and I am not afraid to like, to like fucking battle with someone. Like if I, if I'm like, you did, you did something wrong and we were convinced and I'm still kind of convinced, but obviously I don't know. We don't have hard evidence. We were convinced that my brother's ex-girlfriend cheated on my brother and then broke up with him. And I sent her this message, like, now that we know that you're cheating on this person, it was really bad. It was really bad. But yeah, I like, I'm very, very protective of the ones I love. So even if that was necessarily not the quote unquote right thing to do, I I would want someone in my life who defends me like the way I defend my family. So that one is in my list, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, you guys would think that I lived right next to a prison. That's how many sirens are going off right Not sirens, but uh, police police engines. My next one is, I like this one. It's be honest, but gentle. I, I love honesty. And I feel like it's very important to tell people the truth. Because why would you not? You know, we live such a short life. And... God, I was about to say your truth, but like, that's so cringe. So not your truth, but like the way that you see life and the feelings that you have are genuine and they come from your, you know, existing on this earth and your experiences. So if you have an an honest opinion about something, I don't see anything wrong in that as long as you're not trying to harm other people. However, honesty can be tough sometimes. So for example, if my friend's like, do you like my dress? I will never ever say, yeah, if I don't. Uh, But obviously it could be really mean to say, yeah, I don't like that dress because it's terrible color on you. It's just that clashes with your skin, it's awful. So I wouldn't say that, but hopefully trying to be something a little bit more gentle, like, no, I don't like the dress because I've seen like way nicer ones. Like you have so many nice ones in your cupboard, let's go do that. You know what I mean? So I'm just trying to be honest, but gentle and really try and not lie because I have definitely lied a lot you know in the past and um I there's no point in it and it can be really hard to be like okay I'm going to start telling the truth from now on but it's I feel like it's a very important thing for me to do and something which again will make me more comfortable living in my own skin like even with boys like if I'm not interested in a guy I really want to have the honesty and the power to say yeah I'm just not into you you know you're just uh, not the one for me that one is a difficult one um because you really don't want to hurt someone's feelings um but I think it's important because also no one is obliged to fancy anyone I find that kind of crazy this concept of oh it's like how I'm just gonna ghost them or I'm just gonna ignore them one for like first of all ghosting is so much meaner than just telling people you don't like them and two no one is obliged to like you. Why this crazy? Like, you know, someone has every right to say, listen, I just don't fancy you. Like, I'm not attracted to you. It's not a big deal. It's just, uh, I'm just not into you, you know? Like, the chances of someone fancying you and being attracted to you 
<laughs> it sounds like I'm talking about like a specific person, but I'm not. Even me, like if someone was just like, I don't fancy you, like fair enough. You know, maybe my ego will be like, like, is it my hair? You know, for like a bit. But I do think everyone has uh, the right to be honest. And yeah, even if someone's like, I just find you annoying. Like, fair enough. You got, you're obviously just a mug. No kidding. But yeah, so just trying to be honest, but gentle with people. Um, Listen more than you speak. (laughs) Lol at the fact that I'm literally doing a podcast. Only me talking. (laughs) But I am trying to listen more than I speak. I wanted to do this podcast more because I have felt like I have interesting stories and experiences that I wanted to share with people in case they also find it interesting and document for myself. So in real life, except the podcast, I try and listen more than I speak. Although that's one that I got to be honest, I'm not very good at, I don't think. And I need to do more of. Because I'm not conscious of it. I'm not consciously thinking, Molly, shut up. Just try and listen to what they're saying. And understand. Understand them. Um, the next one, I learn something new every day. God, I have not stuck to that one at all. Technically, I have been learning something new every day. Because every day I do two hours of Hebrew. And so every day I'm learning new words. Like I said before, what was it? Ani ech... Lo. Sorry, lo. The word is... Um, uh, Tov, tov ech latati, which is uh, good, I made up my mind, or good, I made, uh, I decided, really. So I am learning something every new, but I haven't been conscious of doing that, which I should be more conscious, because that's not supposed to be, for me anyway, like a new word. It's meant to be something interesting. But then again, I guess I have my whole life to be trying to learn something new. So saying I can't even do it as new words is confining myself to something that might be too unrealistic. So let's just include new words. Tick. The next one is to challenge myself in areas of life which I'm comfortable Uh, This one I wrote because the reason I wrote this one is because I kind of needed, I kind of, because I'm moving to America, I wanted to have one that kind of justified that, which sounds weird, but my life is, I can't complain, my life is amazing right now, how annoying do I sound, but I love my work, I love the people I work with, I'm so close to my family, the weather in London is so nice right now, Um, my room, I love my room, Um, my friends like I love my life right now and so I have moments of self-doubt where I'm like even though I'm so happy I'm moving to America and that's a dream come true I have moments where I think shit you know you're leaving this all behind and then I google like rent in New York and it's so expensive and it gets so cold in winter and I don't have a work team and I don't have many friends there I'm grateful I have a few And so I have moments where I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? My family aren't there and all this stuff. So I had to write something down to reason why I was doing that and to challenge myself in areas of life which I'm comfortable justifies it well for me, Uh, especially because, you know, you hear, I think, I'm sure there are quotes out there on this that comfort is like the thing that's going to kill you. And I'm definitely at the age of 24 where comfort is not what I'm looking for you know I'm not 68 and I don't live in Boca Raton I think that's a real place it sounded right or like you know what I mean in Keys in the Florida when I'm 60 or 70 sure I want to seek comfort but right now I want my life to feel long and I want to have as many experiences as I can while I still have the energy and like the physical physical able body to do that while I can so yeah I just don't want to be comfortable 
Right. So next time I'm going to do this podcast, I'll be handstanding to be as uncomfortable as possible. That was such a lame joke. Uh, and the next the last one is acknowledge and reward my own achievements and the reason I wrote that is because my mum told me to write that uh, because yeah I, I don't know I think I do that anyway like I'm uh, when I do something good I always buy myself like pizza or like a cupcake or you know whatever uh, or I, I I feel like I I'm good at celebrating my own rewards and achievements but she told me to write it so you know what guys I wrote it and um yeah I don't know how long this has been going on for, but I've had a really good time. Oh, I was going to talk about. <laughs> I could literally live in a room on my own, couldn't I? And just fucking chat. <laughs> I was going to talk about how my last week wasn't so great, which I'll briefly touch on, mes amis. Uh, my last week wasn't so great. I, yeah, like I said, I think the medication, I have, don't know if that's actually a real reason, but it sounds like a good one. So yeah, I also didn't exercise as much because I was trying not to eat till three, which I think for me isn't, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I like and what I don't like in terms of existence. And I think for the days that it's easy for me to wait till three, like today was very easy. I woke up, I did two hours of Hebrew um, like the good little non-Jewish girl that I am, <laughs> I then had two meetings. I then ran to my mom's spin studio. She has like a gym. So me and her just did a class together. Uh, we just worked out. Then she drove me home. And by that time it was 1.30. So it was very easy for me to just have a couple coffees. And then at like 2.53, I ate my lunch. My lunch. <laughs> so that was easy. Some mornings it's much harder. So I think I'm just very much learning to take it as it comes, no stress, no pressure, because, you know, going back to the whole life thing, we're only here for a short period of time, there's no point stressing about small shit, like, am I going to eat my breakfast four hours earlier than normal, so, yeah, and also, last week, it was weird, last Saturday, I drank alcohol for the first time in a while, and I got a bit drunk I guess I was drunk yeah I got a little bit drunk and god it didn't make me feel good like I'm not a big drinker anyway it was the first time I drank in a long time you know every now and then I'll have like some vodka because it's the only real alcohol I drink although you know so if people buy me like a beer or whatever I'll have that but or if I go for dinner like I'll have wine sometimes it's quite rare but most of the time I just drink vodka I just really like it it does the job which basically sends alcohol to my brain um it, it for me it's non-complicated it doesn't make me feel sick wine for me is like too heavy just vodka with ice and like le- lemon juice is simple enough for my body i guess and my mind and it doesn't even make sense but yeah i haven't drunk in a long time and i think just drinking made me feel kind of sad like it was like a sad drunk like i was just sitting here kind of like what am i doing uh and i didn't enjoy it And then that whole week was kind of weird for me. So yeah, it wasn't a bad week. I just found that in the mornings, I I love the morning and I'm so productive in the morning. And then in the evening, in the afternoon, I was just feeling a bit bleh. Uh, So I think this week it's sunny all week, which I'm grateful for. Uh, I'm going to just try and like exercise outside, take advantage of the sun and eat well um, and like get more fruit because I didn't have enough fruit in in my diet last week and drink more water even though I drink like a freaking camel do camels drink a lot of water I feel like they do at times like they store up and then they don't 
But yeah, I'm not going to start talking about the amount of water that camels consume. So I think it's time to end the pod uh, there. Thank you all for listening. I've actually got such an exciting pod coming up with this um, girl called, I think her name is Malia, but I'm going to double check about porn. Um, I think next week, but we might be recording it this week. So it could come out the week after that. So who knows? Thanks guys for listening. And I'll chat to you later. just like that another pod is a done let me know if you guys have any other ideas or what you want to hear about send me a dm on insta just chat to me because i want to talk to someone kidding have a great day the bleep